journey visiting the hotspots on the Silk Road. Simon Fung joined me in the studio a couple of weeks ago, and if you missed it, let me just recap. Okay, he made a trip to the UK to drop his daughter off to uni and thought, I need to get back to Hong Kong. So instead of catching a flight, he bought a four-wheel drive, stuffed it with a survival kit, and set off to drive through the Silk Road back to Hong Kong, covering 12,000 miles, 13 countries, and doing it in five months. Now, that is how adventurous this gentleman is. And you and me might have just bought ourselves a ticket from London and flew back to Hong Kong. But no, not this guy. <laughs> he didn't do that. Let me welcome Simon back to the studio for his concluding highlights of his Silk Road adventure. Good afternoon to you, Simon. Good afternoon. It's my pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here. And uh, let me just tell you, too, that if you'd like to see Simon live, then he is on Facebook Live, Sadi Osmani on Radio 3 RTHK, so you can see him. And on Facebook, there's also photographs of some of the places that he's going to be talking about. So, Simon, how are you? I always ask you, how did you get here? Did you drive or did you take the train? <laughs> Well, not in Hong Kong. I, I have a car in China. I drive uh, daily, but not in Hong Kong. All right. Okay. Because, you know, it always, it always concerns me because, you know, I know you're an avid driver. So now we kind of just, I just summarize some of the things that you have done. And if somebody didn't listen in, then that is what he did. He went through the Silk Road. So we're coming back to the conclusion and we're actually focusing on a, on a few areas that you drove past. Um, so now... Tell me what we're going to be talking about today. Well, uh, we last time we uh, this uh, we covered uh, the route before Iran and up to Iran. Mm -hmm. Today, probably we can start talking what happened after Iran. Okay. Okay. So uh, Turkmenistan is it? Are we going? Yes. To? Yes. Uh, we I I actually uh, exit Iran and went into Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, and then. Uh, I was hoping to get into China and back to Hong Kong, but mm -hmm. it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't easy to get the permission driving into China. So actually, I stopped my uh, trip. You did end up then taking a flight back to Hong Kong from Kazakhstan, didn't you? Uh, Kazakhstan. I took a flight back to Hong Kong. Yes. Okay. So let's rewind a little bit and go to Turkmenistan. Um, now, um, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a background here on Turkmenistan, which you actually sent to me. Turkmenistan has been at the crossroads of civilizations for centuries in medieval times. Merv was one of the great cities of the Islamic world and an important stop on the Silk Road, a caravan route used for trade and China until the mid-15th century. Now, according to Human Rights Watch, Turkmenistan remains one of the world's most repressive countries. The country is virtually closed to independent scrutiny, media and religious freedom freedoms are subject to draconian restrictions and human rights defenders and other activists face the constant threat of government reprisal. Now that doesn't really sound like the place that's going to be easy to drive through. That's true. <laughs> actually, I Googled this information before I yeah, came here yeah. and then it is actually in line with my experience, what I saw there. But what's amazing is that you didn't Google that information before you went, did you? <laughs> well, I had to go through that country in any case. Well, uh, uh, last time I mentioned about my original plan was to drive uh, from Iran to 
Pakistan, India, Nepal, and then China. It was the ori- original plan. Mm-hmm. But then at that time, um, I found that uh, Pakistan wasn't very safe mm-hmm. at that time. So uh, then you I, just changed your yeah, plans. Yeah, I had to change my plan. And then I started applying visa and try to uh, plan out the route uh, from Iran to Turkmenistan, mm-hmm. Uzbekistan, mm-hmm. Kazakhstan, to China. Yeah. How difficult is it, you know, when you're in the country and you're driving to it and you're almost at the border or whatever, how difficult is it to get a visa? Because one, you must have a problem with the language. And, you know, these things take time. So how did you figure out what to do and how to do it? Well, I uh, usually when you are close when you your position is closer to that country, mm-hmm. there are better chance you can find somewhere to get the visa. Right. If you are in Hong Kong, I I would have no idea where you can start uh, to to uh, to do that. But then uh, I was in Iran. Uh, there was a not an embassy of uh, Turkmenistan, but uh, there was a kind of a travel agent okay. that you can uh, actually go to there to get help, and then. Uh, it wasn't very friendly. wasn't very uh, <laughs> easy to 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 get the visa, but uh, that was the only way. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I just had to give it a try. And you have to pay a reasonable amount for it. Is there a kind of a bit of a uh, you know? Do people want you to pay more? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what is the official price for right. that, but uh, I I was glad that I finally uh, got the visa okay. of. Uh, although it wasn't a tourist visa, I only got a transit visa to uh, Turkmenistan, okay. and it, I was only allowed to be there for only three days. Okay, and how long does it actually, I mean, it's quite a big country, isn't it, in terms of how long does it take you to drive from one end of it to the other to get to the border again? Uh, Turkmenistan is not very big. Uh, it took me only two days. Okay. Two, two days, uh, two nights and three days. So how much driving were you doing during that time? Well, I would say about... Because uh, a transit maybe, visa sounds to me like, you know, you just sit in the car and keep driving, right? I I think it was only about 10 hours drive from one, one end to the other okay. end. It, okay. It, the driving, uh, the, the time... The road condition was very bad, and, and there was no internet. Uh, I was out of contact, out of uh, touch with my friends for the three days. When I you say the road conditions were bad, I mean, was it due to the weather and snow and things like that? No, or just no, it conditions? wasn't snowing at the time. It, actually, it is uh, the the main road from one end of the country to uh, the other end is like a desert, but uh-huh. there is a decent road. Uh, when I say decent road, it is a a road, but uh, very bumpy that you cannot drive uh, fast. Okay. But uh, it is the only way that you can get through the country. Gosh, gosh, and and no internet at all, no contact with anyone while you're doing that driving. Well, it's very important to me, as you know, uh, to plan ahead, uh, to search information along the road. So uh, I was uh, very. Uh, keen to find internet or find uh, Wi-Fi or somewhere that I can get connected to to get to continue my research for the plan for for the trip, mm-hmm. but just couldn't get it for three days. Mm-hmm. That must be very disabling these days because we're so used to just having access to Google and checking things straight away. That's 
quite a feat. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I'm glad that I, I planned a little bit things ahead mm -hmm. when I had internet in uh, Iran. I already uh, found the spot and the route that mm -hmm. I had to go through the border, the exit, uh, the the coordinate mm -hmm. uh, location so, so that I manually could. then that's right right, right. okay because there's no Google to tell you where to go or anything like that now um, how about like on while you were there you were saying something like you know you get stopped by police quite a bit what are they asking I mean what is it that they I there are police everywhere they I think they are there to do their normal duty uh, but then when they see someone uh, strange... You look like Jackie Chan, as you said, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, there, there is a good side and a bad side. Uh, some police, they might find it interesting and they just let you go. But, um, but uh, more often, they try to look for trouble, mm -hmm. uh, something wrong with your car, something wrong with your document or whatever, to okay. try to get some money from you. Okay. But, you know, that's quite a challenge for you because, again, you know, you're you're travelling around, you're not speaking the language. So how did you converse when somebody stops you on the road like that? You're in the middle of nowhere, a desert. It's just well, complete, like, how What would you? How did you converse? It was just through mime and stuff, was it? You, you don't know the language. Sometimes it is a trouble, but sometimes it's it good. helps. <laughs> yeah, that you, you can pretend that you don't understand a word, what they want. And then, well, one... Actually, it happened one time. Uh, it was so funny that uh, the policeman was they, he was very happy to find find a problem with my car. Okay. And then uh, he asked for money. Mm -hmm. uh, fine. Okay. And then uh, we could not communicate easily. So he started writing on my car body, which is uh, full of dust and mud after long driving. Mm -hmm. And he wanted one hundred US dollar. Okay. And then uh, I knew what was happening. Then uh, I I felt it was not too dangerous, so I wiped off the writing one hundred uh, US, uh -huh. and then I wrote twenty. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started to negotiate the final okay. price okay. like that. I only heard one vo uh, one word from his mouth: uh, "deport." Okay, he was uh, threatening threatening me that I might get deport from okay. the country. Okay, okay. If he didn't give him the money, right? Okay. So what um, the calculations on your car? <laughs> what what did it end up with? Uh, I remember I finally. Uh, end up paying him uh, 50. Oh gosh, $50. Yeah, it's a lot uh, to me and maybe it is a lot to oh, yeah, him. Yeah, it would have been a lot to him too. He but did But then all right. it was the only one time after that uh, I learned from that experience I would keep negotiating. I would keep uh, wiping <laughs> off the writing on the car body and then uh, I would pay, try to pay not not to pay. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's you sent some photographs, actually, of some of the places that you've been, obviously we're talking about, them, but there was one photograph, which is on my Facebook page at the moment, which is a big wad of money. There was just a big, thick wad of money. That must be just in places where the, the value of the money is so, you know, it's just 
tons, thousands upon thousands, which means nothing really. Right. I think that is the Uzbekistan uh, oh, currency. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was like one uh, hundred euro. Yeah, and that and that's a huge wad, wasn't it? It's yeah, a, it's a, a big pile of money. Right. Okay. So now you you finally got through Turkmenistan, and what's your next stop then? Uh, it was Uzbekistan. Mm-hmm. And I've got a bit of information here. Uzbekistan is a Central Asian nation and former Soviet Republic. It's known for its mosques, mausoleums, and other sites linked to the Silk Road. The ancient trade route, yeah, that was the injury. Samarkand is a major city on the route, contains a landmark of Islamic architecture. The Registan, a plaza um, bordered by three ornate mosaic covered religious schools dating to the 15th and 17th century. Actually, I went to Uzbekistan. Um, last June for my anniversary, and it was amazing. Wow. It was just uh, stunning. I never, ever thought, um, and nobody really told me about what I would see there, but it is really quite stunning in terms of the buildings and the architecture that you have, the Islamic architecture. So how did you get into Uzbekistan? Was it a problem? Was it okay? It was easier than Turkmenistan. Uh, I, I think when 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 they see a tourist a solo driving, they 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 try to get something out of you. Mm. And then uh, when I was crossing border from Turkmenistan to Uzbekistan, someone was very keen to help. And then eventually uh, he took me into a room with a policeman, and they I think they were looking for a way to get some money. And then I saw some guns; they were polishing it. And then oh uh, gosh, so no chance of negotiation there. <laughs> and but I, I think it is again. Uh, I didn't know the language, and it helps. I okay. would just uh, stay calm and then pretend nothing would happen. And then uh, finally, uh, wow. I just paid the official ray and then it, with a little bit extra and then I got through the border. Gosh. So really for you, this whole um, trip on the Silk Road wasn't so much about seeing all the scenery. Obviously you saw the scenery as you're driving along, but you didn't have all, you know, the general places that tourists would go on your mind. It was really for you, it was all about an adventure, wasn't it? From getting from A to B successfully. I think uh, it is it was uh, getting to the later part of my uh, trip. I was uh, very desperate to try to find a way to enter China. And then uh, eventually, I hopefully, I, I wanted to get into Hong Kong. Uh, but then uh, it was difficult. And then uh, I was more like uh, a Riley mode driving, mm-hmm. uh, keep driving towards uh, getting close to the China border rather than uh, being like a tourist to research for a tourist spot. And then that's why I I think probably, you know, uh, Uzbekistan. Did you manage to did you manage to actually see some of those places in Uzbekistan or did you just find that you were so focused on driving through and getting to your next destination? that you kind of really didn't get a chance. I, I saw something and maybe maybe I missed something very important for tourists, <laughs> but then uh, just by driving through the country, I saw something and then I had some uh, experience also. For example, I went into a, a metro station. I, I was trying the, the train and then things like that. Uh, I wanted to take a picture. Yeah. I was all, all by myself, and then suddenly uh, a few policemen came out from nowhere, and they and then they stopped at me, and then uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, it's a well-known fact, actually. Um, all the, the train stations in Uzbekistan, Tashkent and stuff are all absolutely stunning. They're really beautiful. If, yes. if you went in there, they were, uh, during the communist time, the Russians made them, and they're just like really beautiful train stations with huge kind of like um, chandeliers and lighting and marble work and um, you know, paintings. And so there is actually a law there and they have signs everywhere saying you're not allowed to take photographs at maybe, all. Maybe it <laughs> wasn't written those. in English. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I saw them. Out, but yeah, it, it's quite clear. And when I kind of, when we did our homework before we went, we read up about this and it said nobody is allowed to take photographs of some of these train stations. And they did say that the police will come and get you if you take a photograph, which I'm surprised because, I mean... Um, you know, there are pictures of them in brochures and, and you can find them in Google and things like that, but um, but you're not allowed to. Maybe it's just damaging. It has a damaging effect to it in the long term. I, I don't know. I think it is... Um, they are just trying to be very careful about any uh, strange act mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by someone uh, taking photo. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Mm. So you were you were also talking about the food. Did you manage to try a little bit of the local cuisine in Uzbekistan? Um, I didn't try too much. Uh, I I was eating for a survival mainly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say that. It's but... not much of a holiday then, really. <laughs> it's just an adventure, because um, there is you you did mention actually that there was a lot of fat in some of the food. Yeah. Because. It's very cold in these places, yeah, and uh, yeah. people kind of almost store up during the during summer months for the winter. Yes, and 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 one experience I I had in uh, Uzbekistan was the uh, power shortage. Uh -huh. uh, I don't know at the time uh, all the petrol station had long queue. Mm -hmm. It was in the winter time, uh, very cold, but uh, met a lot of cars queuing up to try to fill up their. A car, oh, right. but then uh, too bad my car took diesel, and there was a uh, zero supply. Oh gosh. And then uh, I, it was uh, risky that I had to keep driving, had to keep driving until I found my hotel, mm -hmm. and uh, the even the electricity supply okay. was uh, out of order for. A few times in a day. You were there in the winter, weren't you? Right. So maybe it was to do with that. Maybe it's the winter time. That it, it was gets. a very serious uh, shortage, and then uh, eventually I got some help from the uh, hotel manager that uh, I got some uh, diesel in the black market. Uh huh. And were the, were the people good? Were the people friendly? Did they, they were they reasonably welcoming, or did you find not? I, I think they are. Uh, neutral uh, they don't care too much but uh, but if you need I think you get you can get help okay okay so they kind of leave you to your own you just get mm, on with it basically. right I think it's the culture probably yeah. it, it wasn't like uh, what I had in uh, Iran uh, mm -hmm. people were more uh, actively oh, offering right. their help okay I found them. I found um, my trip in Uzbekistan. Everyone was very friendly and very kind of um, hospitable. They sort of, 
you know, they wanted to see tourists. I think it's a new area that's just opened up now for the tourist industry and it's growing. So I think now the locals are really wanting people to come and stuff. Um, okay, so now you have managed to get some diesel and now you're on your way to Kazakhstan. How long, how long a trip is that then from, from Uzbekistan to Kazakhstan? Well, I, I, drove, I drove through the country in probably about five days. Um, Gosh, that's quite a long time. Well, it's not a lot of mileage, but just I had to take rest and then uh, I had to see something, uh, etc. But but uh, because of the shortage of uh, diesel, mm -hmm. uh, I was worrying. So I wanted to exit the country uh, quick. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what happened was I went to the checkpoint, the border to cross to Kazakhstan. Mm -hmm. It was closed. Oh no! Okay. The only it was only for passenger, walking passenger, mm -hmm. not uh, for car driving through. Mm -hmm. So gosh, I I had to find a way to, but I had not much uh, diesel left in my tank. Oh, so I hit the nearest. It's not stressful at all, really. It sounds quite uh, relaxing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is no other choice. You just have to go to other uh, checkpoint, uh, which with the one that I found was about uh, 100 kilo miles away. Gosh. Then it's just like crossing the the, the checkpoint to the other point is only one kilo mile but this i sounds, had to drive sounds 200. like a board game to me like you're going from one place to the other just getting to the next mark and that's it oh yeah well so that was the end of your trip and then from there you took um a flight back to hong kong well i i just arrived at kazakhstan then it was a lot it, it it is a big country and mm -hmm. then i uh, had to drive long way to uh, to get close to the china border mm -hmm. And then I did a lot of research and got some friends' help, uh, local friends' help, and I could not find a way to uh, drive into China. Mm -hmm. So I stopped it there. All right. And then you took the flight back. Simon, it's been really great talking to you about this. Thank you very much for telling us about your experiences. Just tell me now in five seconds, where are you off to next? Got any plans at all? Well, because I uh, couldn't drive into China, back to Hong Kong, maybe next time I will do the reverse way. Oh. I will start my trip from Hong Kong or Shenzhen driving okay. to uh, Kazakhstan. Well, promise me that you'll tell me when you start that so that we can try and cover it as well. All right. All right. Simon, have a lovely Christmas and um, safe driving wherever you go. Thank you. My pleasure.